Hey everyone, thanks for coming back to another week. This is episode 46, and today I have one of my closest friends and actually co-founders of a meetup group I host, well, we host here in Toronto, Jay Wong, and I go way back uh, to university days. And we keep having these ridiculous conversations that go on for hours, and it's just full of gold nuggets, but we never record it. And it's always around how busy we are and how many moving parts there are to crowdfunding, to launches, to just life itself and being an entrepreneur. And we thought that wouldn't it be a great thing to actually have an intentional conversation around this whole concept of getting shit done. And it's not about having like, um, having 15 hours a day and how to make the most of it and be the most productive. It's, it's not about that. It's actually how to focus your time on the most important things and really understanding that your time as an entrepreneur, or even if you're trying to branch out into your own business, that time is limited and you have to be able to prioritize and know how to get shit done in a way that is actually going to move yourself forward. Because there's a difference between being busy and actually making movements in your business and, and checking off the really big things that matter. So um, I'm going to let Jay go into a bit about what he does, but uh, he runs a fantastic pro- podcast called The Interchange Maker. And uh, Jay, it's just so awesome to be on the phone with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely a little... It's kind of almost a bit weird because we always have these conversations, uh, but we know like we're not recording, even though we both have podcasts. And it's just it's actually kind of funny that we waited until now to actually record one of our conversations. Um, And so, you know, I hope people are going to get value from this, whether they're, you know, launching a campaign or, you know, they're just an entrepreneur, you know, trying to learn more about crowdfunding. Yeah. And so, Jay, just so people know like, a bit about your podcast and what you're doing and your story, can you just give us a bit of a background on what you're currently working on and how you got into that? Sure, sure, absolutely. So my podcast, it's called the Inner Change Maker. Um, you know, that's a, a great hub of for people. You know, for me to really interview some of my own heroes, um, for me to have amazing conversations with people like a Bob Proctor, um, a Jarek Robbins, and people that I always think are modern day change makers that are choosing legacy over currency. And you know, I I also you know alongside with running the Toronto Internet marketers thing uh, the our event series here in the lovely city of Toronto um, you know that's a really great community aspect of things um, but I also run online courses uh, teaching other creators and messengers uh, in terms of how to launch a top-rated podcast um, and how to be able to get their message out there in a bigger way um, and, and maybe to give everyone a bit more context um, you know podcasting changed my life um, it wasn't even like it hasn't even been a full year yet. It's been nine months uh, since I launched my my podcast. When I launched, we hit uh, number one. I mean, it was a tremendous amount of work, but we hit, I was so grateful to hit number one in self improvement, uh, number one in business, and we were sitting at the top of the the iTunes chart for for quite a period last summer. And uh, because of that, I was able to leverage that, you know, interview um, some really, really high profile people, people that probably would not have given me maybe the, the, the time of day or maybe wouldn't have given me as much time, um, maybe if that did not happen. And, and then I started speaking at, you know, social media conferences, podcasting conferences, and it, it just kind of, you know, snowballed. And, you know, that kind of created the course in itself. And, you know, to look back and say, like, wow, that was literally eight, nine 
months ago, I didn't even have a podcast. And, mm-hmm. and because of what the podcast has done, it's been such a great front-end tool, a, such a great drawing card, if you, if you, you know, think of it like that, uh, for people to be introduced to, you know, my videos, my brand, um, and, and just my ecosystem. It's been just phenomenal. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of like my medium, medium-sized pitch, <laughs> elevator yeah. pitch. And I know this web, the webinar, sorry, we both just hosted one last night, but this um, interview today, it's not about podcasting, but it's kind of what brought Jay and I back together again because we lost touch for a few years. And it's crazy because I remember taking my first podcasting course and the whole thing was about how to monetize it. And so when I launched my first podcast, it was Entrepreneur Uncut. Um, I was too, I made so many mistakes. Um, I went out there just searching for the downloads and right. just trying to get my numbers up so that I could start to monetize that because that was my big plan. But actually what ended up happening is you start to turn podcasting into a lead gen for your business. So it's been my primary source of content um, on my website, but not to mention like it is insane what it does to your network. Like if I would not have been to Tropical Think Tank with Chris Ducker or been drinking on the beach with Jordan Harbinger in the Philippines, or met Pat Flynn, or, you know, just have an in with all these internet marketers if it wasn't for me connecting through my podcast. So, um, you know, if you've ever considered getting your voice out to the world, um, podcasting doesn't always have to be about making money. You know, it's a really frontier brand and a really great way to help you get in front of really amazing people. For sure. And you could probably do it for any like campaigns. I don't know if anyone has done it um, where you're, you know, drawing up a huge amount of buzz and, and giving tremendous value through the podcast, which leads back to maybe a campaign. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't so. see why it wouldn't, because I think podcasting is more of the long form way of doing something where if you know you're launching something in, a, in maybe six months to a year, um, podcasting yeah. will be a really good way for you to connect with industry experts and form those relationships so that when you need to call on them to um, maybe send them free product or use their audience or get them to promote your campaign, you've already made that human connection with them, um, as well as become a, uh, what's the word, like a authority in that space because you can be Mm. associated with all of these high-end people. So if you're in the health food space and you're creating a health product, then, you know, you can connect with fitness trainers, you can connect with um, people who are making that a part of their life. So I've never seen podcasting used as, as crowdfunding, but I think there are so many benefits from what I've seen that you can apply to crowdfunding. For sure. For sure. So, but um, again, you'll notice if you ever sit with Jay and I that we go off on these ridiculous tangents. So we're here to talk about how to get shit done. Yeah. So let's get into it. Yeah. Um. What has been your number one struggle as an entrepreneur when you have so much to do and very little time to do it? You know, I I love this question because I think as entrepreneurs, and if you really, really get into it as as people that are creators that have, you know, a couple projects kind of like on the go, um, you, I I think the number one thing is, is you feel overwhelmed, Right. When you have, you know, this person, you got a call coming up here. Maybe you got another interview. You got to do, you know, you're, you're trying to find, you know, co-founders. You're trying to find like partners. You're maybe trying to land some sales for your business. It's like a lot of different hats. Um, and it could be really easy to feel, 
you know, overwhelmed in, in that process. Um, and every time for me, like, you know, every time I get there and I know it's a, it's a common problem for just uh, everyone, um, you know, that's really the time to kind of take a step back, you know, and revisit, you know, why you're doing things, right? And then to approach it in, in kind of like a very, it, I kind of call it like a binary way, but all I mean by that is, is that you approach one thing at a time. Um, and, and by doing that, that has, you know, helped me at least feel less anxiety, less overwhelmed in terms of, of, you know, doing the million things that we put on the, the to-do list and, and everyone's very optimistic in terms of what they want to get done. Um, but you know, you have to be able to say like, Hey, look, I only have, you know, I have this amount of time. Um, and, and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. So I'm going to, this is the first thing that needs to get done. And I, I think you kind of look at it from that vantage point. It helps with being overwhelmed. Right. And have you always been this good at getting stuff done? Or like where were you when you first started to realize that you needed to make a change with some of your habits? You know, that, <laughs> this, is, this is really funny because um, not a lot of people know the story, actually. And this is going to, you know, you were mentioning how we kind of knew each other from back in, back in the day. Yeah, um, painting days. The painting days, right? And so I wasn't always, I always, I wasn't always great at like executing with a million things going on. And I don't, I don't know if anyone naturally, I'm sure you know some people naturally are, but I definitely wasn't one of those people. But let me tell you, maybe you know, when I was doing that painting business, there was definitely you're, you're wearing a lot of hats, right? You're, you know, you're doing a bit of hiring. You're Maybe you're managing a few projects. Maybe you have to do a, a few like kind of like quotations slash sales calls, right? And you know, some people are not happy with their jobs. There's just all these things, right? All these like there's like a million things happening. And I remember my mentor at the time in the in this like painting business that we were. This is like a, almost like a, a different life ago. Um, you know, this is almost a decade ago. I remember like I was like on the verge of just like having a breakdown. You know, like when you're about to like have like this mental breakdown, you're breathing heavily, you're yeah, you're sweating profusely. I mean, it was in the summer, but you're just you're just you have no idea. You kind of want want it to all stop. Yeah. You know, you want to press a button and just have it all go away. Right. And I remember his name was Zach, uh, Zach Jolief. And, and I remember he he sat me down. He was like, OK, you, do you, have, you know, go in your car, Jay. You know, I want you to just talk with me right now. And, you know, I'm having like almost like a panic attack and and you know I, I didn't really have one but he said look there's this is like business you know this is just how business happens right there's a million million different things and you as the entrepreneur you need to know what is important what you know how to um, attack what is like should be the number one priority and I promise you that if you just believe me, you know, I know you don't like, you know, you're going through a lot of tough times now, but if you believe me and just focus on getting one thing done, like right now, just pick one thing and like, I'm just going to work on this one thing until it's done. Whether it's like just drop off, you know, supplies, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, make it kind of easy, right? Because what, what it starts doing is that you start building momentum. Right. And it, it kind of feels kind of weird to think that you're building momentum, but it's about doing one thing right and then executing it and then going, like, oh, my God. OK, I did one thing. Now, what's another thing? Right. And then if you do that enough, you realize that you're finishing a lot of the things that is on your list. You're actually getting them done. Right. 
And and then it kind of looks from the outside world, it looks like, wow, this person's really great at getting shit done. Or this person is really, really good at executing. But they don't know that you, you it's not like you don't feel what they feel. It's that, you know, I, I always, I think back to that story that day in the car. Um, and I always just remember thinking, okay, I got to create some momentum here. You just reminded me of this article I read um, by Paul Graham by, from Y Combinator. Yeah, uh, okay. I'm going to link to this in the show notes, but he talks about this concept of a maker versus manager time and how Tim Ferriss mm. will endorse this. But you talk about focusing on one thing until you get that done. And the best way to do that is obviously not jumping between tasks when you're actually working, but starting and finishing something. And that's the key to getting it done. And he talks about this whole concept of maker time, which is setting aside blocks. It's not scheduling your calendar one hour sections to do a ton of stuff in a day. It's literally like, okay, I'm blocking off the morning to work on this massive project or the afternoon to do this massive project. And what managers tend to do are schedule things into half an hour or one hour blocks because that's what they're used to. And they'll say, okay, 30 Mm. minutes for email, 30 for social, 30 for this, 30 for that. And that's the manager time, which we're so programmed with is actually counterintuitive because you are not going to get a lot of those bigger projects done without putting maker time in your schedule. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's, it's right because I like the word maker, right? And, and I work with, you know, primarily I, I work with people that identify themselves as, as creators, you know, whether that's a content creator, a business creator, what have you. Um, and, and it just takes time, right? Like to do some of these things that is on the to-do list you know, and, and I do I do it too, right? I, I have like this kind of like a mini to-do list every day of like the main things I want to get done. But each of these things is like, it could take a full day, you know? Um, it could take a really good half day, right? And so it's, it's really about saying like, hey, I'm going to make this, I'm going to finish this um, and I'm not going to try to just do 20% and, you know, just, you know, try to do five things. And then Because then you, your, your list starts piling and really, that's where that anxiety, in my opinion, comes from. You know, okay, I'm not going to dwell on this, but this always happens. I just got a great business idea. I'm going to run by you after this call. <laughs> <laughs> always happens. But the, you just reminded me of, of something else. Like, uh, I was walking through, okay, so with the student painting business, if you guys, uh, i just give you a bit of a background on that, but we weren't actually the painters. We were an area manager where it was our responsibility to find houses to paint. So it was sales and marketing. And then we would find students to actually get them to paint the house while we supervised. And we were talking, we're not talking like three to four little projects. Like we were doing numbers of 60, 70, $80,000 in one summer worth of revenue. So it's like a legitimate business. Um, and I just remember like this company has a warranty and if any paint starts to fail within three years, then they would pay a new manager to fix it. And I was just, I just remember walking like through the streets this morning and I'm looking at all the peeling paint on these houses because like, <laughs> you, you know, you never right, quite right, right. get It doesn't really that. quite leave the mind. Right. I get yeah. it. Yeah. And I remember seeing this one house that was flaking. And then I thought, man, I remember that one warranty job I did it was like a pain in the ass. It was maybe one or two hours to do. And I had to take like a power sander and it was, there are so many old layers of paint and it took forever to sand it down. And what was really awful is I knew I'd be invoicing the company $10 an hour for my time. And mm. okay. So just, there's a lesson in this. Yeah. yeah. That two hours 
that I just made 20 bucks to finish a warranty job, I could have done two estimates and made about two grand off of selling that on average based on my average booking rate and how much I knew that I made on profit per job. Right. So it's not about how you spend, well, it, it is all about how you spend your time, but it's an opportunity cost. So it's not just about, okay, great. I'm going to do my social media today, but it's, it's working on the th- prioritizing your things based on what has the highest impact on your bottom line or moving that project forward. If it's writing a book or like whatever it is. So look at the value of your time and the value of the tasks associated with that too. I, th- I think th- those are some really amazing points, right? Because you as a creator, you really, and as an entrepreneur, you choose what your time is worth, right? The issue around, obviously, this topic um, is that we all, you know, kind of, def- you know, some, in some weird way, we all default to the $10 task or even maybe the $50 task, right? Um, when, when we could really be, you know, having that time blocked off for us to, you know, to strategize, to work on, on the next big idea or the next thing that might be worth, you know, thousands. So that begs the question, like, Jay, when you have a to-do list, how do you prioritize? Like, what goes through your head in the morning and you say, okay, well, here are my five things. Like, what should I do first? Can you, sh- like, walk me through that process for you? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so in, in the morning, I definitely, so I do this actually the night before. Um, I, I really take some time. Uh, I've made this, like, a, a habit of kind of taking the time, looking at my calendar, looking to see where I'm going to be kind of, you know, the in the week and in the days, if it's, you know, um, you know, some days because, you know, we run podcasts, uh, you know, our kind of interview days, right? Some days you are, you know, course creating or you're, you know, teaching the courses. Sometimes we're running the events, right? So, you know, there's, there's essentially different days, right? Um, but, but the way I pri- uh, prioritize the night before is really what has, what are like the big things that need to get done so that my business actually moves forward, right? Because this is, this is something that we, we have talked about in the past. And this is something I talk to my students a lot about, right? Because it's, it's not about content per se. It's not about information. And it's not about, um, like just getting more knowledge. It's always about what you do with the information, right? The execution and the application of it. And so your job as an entrepreneur is really to move that forward, right? And, and you know, it's, um, it's like that Peter Drucker quote, right? What gets measured is like what grows. I feel like I like butchered that a little. But what gets measured gets managed. Gets managed, right. And, Amazing. This is this is why we're this is why we're we're a good dream team, you know. I know, right? I got my back on this. So, but you know, the reason I, I say that is because you have to know what you're you're measuring. You know, is it about you know are you focused on you know who's in your community? How many you know if you know you're gonna go on vacation? I know I'm gonna be off for mostly uh, most of the month of July, right? Well, my podcast is not gonna stop, so it means that. I need to maybe store up even, you know, more interviews than I usually do. You know what I mean? Um, so it totally depends on on what you, what are like the big, you know, projects you have going and what type of day it is. Um, but for me, I always try to think about, okay, how do, how am I going to move my business further this week? You know, um, 
and you you know this from you know looking at your quarter even early like this kind of goes back to like you know I break everything down to 90 day into like a 90 day cycle right um, I, I was just recently on uh, our mutual friend Nicole's the art of epic wellness and I was I was on that podcast because she was asking me about um, this thing that I do called the intentional letter um, and just and, and really quick all it is is just I write myself a letter 90 days from now um, everything in the past tense telling myself in the future all the amazing things that I've accomplished in the 90 days it's just a, a way for me to kind of combine goal setting and 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 writing myself this kind of like 90 day letter and it's my intention right so if you know where your intention is if I know where I want to be in 90 days time then w the way that you prioritize every day every week every hour comes back to okay is this moving me closer to that intention does that does that make sense yeah I love that um, that's actually like a weakness of mine because I think that I'm really good at um, doing a lot with a small amount of time and focusing mm. on the major things. But my problem is I only focus on 30 days from now. Mm. So, because I think I'm just going to say it's like a commitment problem of mine that I just don't know what <laughs> I'll be doing in 90 days. So, why plan that far ahead? But it's actually like um, a handicap of mine, I think. Because I, part of, if I'm looking back at it, one of the takeaways from Tropical Think Tank is they got us to write on these cue cards, 30-day goals, but yeah. in 30, 30, 30. So the first 30 mm -hmm. days I accomplished it, and then it was like, okay, the 60-day goal, the 90-day. And I think that's training me to look a bit longer term ahead. So I really like that hack. Yeah, well, you know what it, it kind of is, right? And I'm just thinking this, like, as, as you're talking a little bit, it's, it's almost like an exercise in forcing you to dream as as big as possible and it's not like to be crazy outrageous right but like if i said like okay where do you where do you need to be in 90 days for you to be fully happy with your progress you know with your business with your health with your relationships what does that look like for you right and if i ask you that's a super loaded question by the way if i ask you that and 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 then you answer me and you let me know what's in that 90 days it's kind of forcing you to have a larger mindset right and you probably are familiar with this something called the parkinson's law oh yeah he's law right yep. so the goal will always fit the timeline which is probably very you know why you're very good at getting things done in a 30-day period but i would say that maybe you're limiting how big you're thinking because you're only saying, okay, I only have 30 days, so I'm gonna kinda like cap my thinking, let's say over on here. But if you have 90 days, you have triple the timeline, then you go, okay, how big can I go in, in triple, you know, in 90 days? And it's not about you actually attaining the goal, right? Because success is predicated on progress, not on perfection. And, and I think as for entrepreneurs, you learn this the hard way, one way or another, whether you agree with me or not, um, you know, you're going to learn this uh, because the more you focus on, 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 on having everything perfect and everything in line and everything has to look nice and then, you know, the designer has to send me this logo, you, you just don't move, right? And if you can't move, then you're not moving anything forward. Then whether it's 30 days, 90 days or 180 days, you're, you're just going to be sitting at the same spot you've been sitting in. I was just listening through Andrew Warner's Interview Your Heroes, 
um, yeah, course yeah. again today because I'm prepping for my course next week. Right, and right. he was talking about, like, I think big letters on the screen are um, what kind of website site should you have? It, like, doesn't matter. You just have to start doing something. And you have to look at, like, oh, how good should my logo be? Or my landing page doesn't look right. I'll tell you from personal experience, um, I had a client who... Like it, I understand the concept of just throw something up and you can fix it later. And it doesn't matter because it's the quality of the content. But, um, he had a, I hope he's not listening, but, um, he had a, <laughs> like, he, sorry if you are. <laughs> first, first step is we need a landing page for a crowdfunding project. And I was like, Hey buddy, we'll just get a lead pages account. We can have it up within two days and start collecting email addresses. But he decided that he wanted to hire a designer that cost $800 to create mm. this landing page. And it took them <laughs> two months, two oh. months to get this thing together. It pushed the whole project off like two or three months. And then by that point, the messaging wasn't right. And then like the blog, the blogs weren't right. And then everything just wasn't right. And then he hadn't, he maybe collected 50 email addresses in this point, all because it was a handicap of perfection. And like, seriously, you can just get something half decent up and then modify it as you go. Because as long as you have a landing page up that's, you know, people can understand what you're doing and has an email capture form, that's good step one. You, you, you know what should be like maybe a hashtag? And, and this is not even like mine, but a good friend of our, our one of our speakers, um, uh, Stephanie Joanne, mentioned this to me. And she's, she probably will, I don't know, have this like tattoo or, you know, have a poster of this somewhere. But she always talks about this imperfect action. And, and that's it. Because if you, if you focus on it, you just go, you don't care that it's not perfect, but you're taking action. And that's the most critical thing, right? Um, whenever you're launching anything, a podcast, a campaign, a business, um, if you can get over that and just focus on imperfect action, um, you're going to be able to get, you're going to be, you're going to get really, really good at getting shit done, period. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just want to go back to something you mentioned, um, a little earlier. You said that, okay, yes, today is my interview day. Tomorrow's my blogging day, whatever. Do you have theme days where you focus one specific day on one task or how does that work? Um, this is a phenomenal phenomenal concept i i can honestly like easily do like an hour on this the reason why is i used to work with this company called strategic coach and and dan sullivan the owner of this company he's he's pretty uh, well known in the entrepreneurial like pretty like high-end entrepreneur world like high-end entrepreneur coach that's that's what he is um and and so he, they, they have these they have these days essentially and maybe this will be a benefit to you. Um, and I think we've talked about this before. But he has what is called free days, right? There's three types of days. There's like free days where you don't do anything with business. Like you don't even like look at your cell phone, which is like typically for any like overachiever slash anybody living in, in, in the modern world in North America is, is very, very difficult. I just got um, anxious thinking Yeah, that, exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, like people, like, yeah, people, it's like really, really drastic. People get their like wives or their partner to lock up their phones, like hide it somewhere. Um, 24 hours, like no, not even checking email where you're just completely like not thinking about business. Um, so there's the free days. There are the uh, focus days. And that's like when you're getting shit done. That's like every 
that's like the the day where you know every like hour and a half is like an interview or every hour and a half is like a sales call or whatever um that's like the focus day meaning whatever drives money and revenue in your in your business that's the day that you do that and then the third type of day is called a buffer day and the buffer day is to prep for the focus day is that so? Does, yeah, does that, that make sense? sense? Yeah. So yeah. those are the three types of days, and you know, most people, you know, will try to have one or two, you know, free days. They'll try to have one or two or three focus days, and then that means that you have to have one or two buffer days to prep for those focus days. You know, if if that makes sense. So because I I learned this um, a few years ago, I always try to have like at least a twenty four hour period where I go on a free day where I literally don't check social media, I don't do any of that. And, 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 and the reason you schedule the free time in first is because it makes it kind of non-negotiable. You know what I mean? It, once again, it shortens your week's time frame, right? But how can you, devil's advocate, because I do exactly that. Sure, okay. But how, when you're so busy, how can you justify taking a full 24 hours off in a week? Like, that's nuts. Yeah, so it's I, I totally get that, and and sometimes I, I can't say I'm perfect about at it at, at all, right? It's not like we just went through, or I just had the last two weeks, which was a, a huge launch. You know, a lot of you know tech issues went wrong. Like I was working, you know, like it was like long, long days, right? Like true entrepreneurship. No one talks about those days. You know, when you're just like. There's things happening, but you're just, you know, you're just, you're just trying to make it through. Um, so I just went through this period, and, and I totally get that. Um, you have to, you have to. I think it kind of goes back to a fundamental thing of rejuvenation is a big part of you being a part of your A game, right? Um, and it's a big part of you not burning out. And if you don't believe me, um, then what will probably happen is that you will consistently go at it like as hard as you can um, and there will be a period where you're just not that you're not that committed anymore right and you're just not you're just you're, you're getting burnt out you're getting tired you're not taking care of your health um, and, and you'll know you'll feel it you know what I mean it's not because like I said something or you know whoever is, is quoted um, you, you'll feel it right so it took me a while to really understand that concept of rejuvenation actually is not about taking time off and like me feeling guilty about that rejuvenation is part of the process of me being on my a game on my focus days yeah and I the, went the, through the exact same thing the um, like when I, before I got into crowdfunding, I was advising freelancers and typically freelancers are solopreneurs. They work all the time. And I remember my very first client, Jenna, she pretty much looked at me like I was insane when I told her the first thing she had to do was schedule a day off in like every week. And that what she had to do was schedule things in that day intentionally with like dinner with her family or, um, go to the park with her boyfriend. Because if she sat at home and did nothing, she would go straight back to work. And she didn't understand the benefit of it until about three to four weeks in when she just felt amazing and excited to be back at work Monday morning. Yeah, and, and, and you know, for further clarification, people are listening to this, they're like, wow, this sounds really amazing. I don't know how I'm going to actually implement this and, and get this in my calendar. Um, really easy, like, way that I work around this is, you know, um, even even the last couple of weeks, during the launch, I would take um, after, so I would work a few hours Saturday morning, 
and then let's say it hits like Saturday around like 2, 3 p.m., I would take the rest of the Saturday evening, like afternoon to evening off, and and I would have, you know, brunch with the family or brunch with my girlfriend on Sunday, uh, maybe go for a coffee and, you know, hang out with people until Sunday afternoon, and I really wouldn't come back and really wouldn't touch anything until Sunday evening, like almost like, you know, a little bit before dinner, a little bit after dinner to kind of start prepping for the week and it's kind of like it's not really like you're on it's just like a buffer period right and for me I, I found that it's not necessarily about having like waking up and being like okay tomorrow is my free day I have to every all my technology is locked in the trunk of this car uh, I don't know where the key is so now I'm like I'm stranded right it's not about that it's it's about figuring out what works for you right and having that level of self-awareness and um and I think, you know, you could play around with it, right? It's just about having those few hours where you're really just not, your mind is like stepping away, you know, so that it's not like the problem, the problem is still going to be there when you get back. It, all the work is, it's not going to go anywhere, you know, but your approach, the energy that you bring to it, maybe your creativity levels, that's what's going to be different. And, and that might make a difference at your work. Yeah, I think it will uh, like 150% make a difference. Um, but there's also this thing for, because you do have to have a bit of faith. First step is just schedule it in your calendar. And yeah. even yeah. though you won't believe in the process, you have to do it. <laughs> and if you don't think you're going to have enough time in the week to get your stuff done, um, I call bullshit because there is a, that principle starts with a P, but time fills the space you give it mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, or yeah. something or it's some chemistry law. Well, basically, if you give yourself seven days to do a certain amount of projects, it's going to take you seven days. But if you give yourself three days, tight deadlines, you're still going to get it done. And it's probably going to be better quality because you're going to be forced to focus. I mean, I find, like, I don't know about, there's this uh, certain concept, and maybe this is getting, like, too too far away. So if, if, if it's, like, too tangent-y, you know, feel free to bring me back. But um, you know, a lot of people right now, we, we both have, you know, uh, profitable courses, right? There's a big thing in the community, in the internet marketing community or entrepreneurial community, online courses. They're like, how do you people do online courses, right? And I tell people, and they never really seem to like, like my answer, slash, they never really seem to believe my answer. Um, and the whole, and, and this is like honest truth, like this is how I did it. I, you know, like you have to validate the idea before you create anything, right? This seems kind of like an easy, it's like Lean Startup. I don't know when it came out, but that book's been out for like a while. There's like a communities built around Lean Startup, around creating what you and I call the MVP, right? Minimum mm-hmm. viable product, right? And you have all these people that are building courses. They're building like full on courses, like video courses, like courses that they've been in. They'll build the course. It'll take them like two, three months to build the course. The video people, maybe they pay the video people. I don't know, right? Um, They go crazy about building these courses. And then they go to the marketplace and they're like, oh, my God, guys. Um, Hey, I have this amazing course on whatever, you know? Um, and, and, And a lot of times you hear these stories. It doesn't really work that well. Because you didn't, you didn't validate anything, you didn't, um, you didn't, you didn't market the idea, you didn't actually build an audience and a community um, for that course. And the reason I'm telling you this is because they're like, okay, so how do you create the course if you sell? You know, like, I sell the course before I actually create anything, right? 
And then that pressure of guys, you guys have all given me money in, in some way, shape, or form, and, and next you know, Wednesday is our first class. So guess what? Now you have till when, you know, hopefully you've given yourself like a bit of a buffer. I don't say like, don't do this like, t- you know, Monday evening and then, you know, have it be your first class Wednesday. Um, but even if it was that situation, I promise you, I guarantee you, you would create, you would create your course because you know you that these people to. are showing up. They paid you money, right? Like yeah. they're showing up. And so, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily how it works. Uh, any of those concepts maybe translate in, in crowdfunding in terms of, I mean, I think it does in terms of validation. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I mean, you're kind of on the hook, right? And I, I always believe, like, as an entrepreneur, as a creator, you, given the opportunity, we always rise up to the to what's at, uh, what's on the stake. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think we, given, you have to kind of create kind of, orchestrate that situation for yourself to put yourself in there um but i think you're going to rise above and then at the end of this whole thing you now have a course and you now have students that have gone through it even validated even more so yeah and um a funny story about my first webinar um i (laughs) like many freelancers have had this problem of being overrun by client work and there's a point where i want i wanted i have and now, but I wanted to scale my consultancy so that I wasn't time for dollar with everything I do. I didn't want to have one source of income. And so I've been telling myself, I think for six months and my other friends, I kept telling people for accountability that I was going to launch this course, but the months kept going on and I kept not doing anything about it. And I knew that the one thing I had to do was just start selling it and because if I do that, then I prove there's a need for it. And it also forces me to focus on delivery. So what I did, I got really sick of myself like a month ago and said, you know what? It's Monday night tonight. On Wednesday, I'm going to host a webinar. And <laughs> like I've never done a webinar before. Well, not uh, one was really bad a couple of years ago, but I've never right. really done a webinar and presented this material before. And I'm like, I don't have a huge audience. Um, right. I'm just going to sell this course. So within 48 hours, I had like 15 or 16 people on my first webinar, 12 stayed to the end, and I sold three spots on my my course that had not started to create until like this week, which is a week before the course starts. It actually starts, right. Yeah, but now with that, it forced everything into perspective. I'm like, oh my God, I now have to sell all 10 spots. Like I said, I would. Okay, and it so I, I knew myself well enough to know that if I didn't have, if I didn't light a fire up under me that I was just going to continue to procrastinate. So sometimes you just need the money in the pocket to actually start doing anything. And now my focus is completely shifted to, okay, when I'm launching a huge course in the fall, what do I need to do to make sure that it is mega successful? And Mm. I was not thinking like that before because I always had the cushy client work to keep me busy. Yeah, I mean, it's that's that's tremendous. I mean, you know, people listen to that and people like and, and this is the thing, right? We all know that there's like webinar courses out there. You know what I mean? There's probably a course on how to create a course. I'm I'm certain there is. Um you know, but you accomplished all the, you didn't have to necessarily do any of those courses. You just put yourself in a situation where you started asking yourself better questions. Like, how do I not completely 
suck on this <laughs> webinar? You know, like, or how do I put together a sales page so that I could make this offer at the end, right? And you just, you, you answer those questions. You're like, okay, uh, I know how to make a sales page. I'm going to go design this. And you took imperfect action. And then when you tell people the story, I'm sure when people are listening, they're like, man, like, you know, like they, they put in all this time, all it's just getting like, it's too daunting. They're like psyching themselves out before it happens. Um, and it's so cool to hear that you just said like, you know, forget this. I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. Yeah. But it's, it's not just about, um, I, I knew from, I'm very self-aware and I knew that I keep procrastinating and putting off the one thing that was supposed to be so important to me to create this feature that I want. And sometimes you just have to, like, it was just going back to, um, you just make it real for yourself. And I love pre-selling something because that's like crowdfunding. As soon as you have customer money, you're obligated to <laughs> deliver an amazing product. And yeah. so my psychology went from, oh, well, I don't have any, um, any promises to people to, oh my God, someone just gave me $500 and <laughs> need to deliver. Right. Yeah. So. Um, great. Well, we can, again, talk for hours. Um, do you have any famous last words before we wrap this up? Famous last words. Well, I have this, I don't know if they're famous last words, but like if this has kind of been like my life mantra for a while and it's, it's three words, always choose a venture. And, and I always wish this for, for any entrepreneur, any, any, you know, crazy person that's, you know, whatever they're creating and whatever their message is to the world. Um, if you always choose a venture, it means that it's like off to the next, you know, thing. And, you know, I hope you can get shit done uh, wherever, you know, you are in, in, after listening to this and hope that, you know, this brought you value. But yeah, always choose a venture. That's kind of like my thing. Love it. All right. Where can people find out more information about you and what you're currently working on? Um, thank you, K Ross, for the opportunity to share. Um, the podcast, The Interchange Maker, um, that's really a great hub where I, I throw in a lot of, um, you know, the interviews I do uh, with, with entrepreneurs and, and New York bestsellers. Um, they're all really, really there. You can go check out the website as well. Um, www.theinterchangemaker.com. Um, I'm loving Instagram these days and you guys could follow me on my adventures travel quite a bit. Um, it's at J Wong, J A Y W N W O N G. And it's my name twice actually. So it's at J Wong, J Wong. And uh, hope to connect you guys in the virtual world. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the show. It was a pleasure as always. All right. We'll chat next time. All right. Thanks for listening. That was probably one of my favorite episodes. I could just talk to that guy forever. Um, obviously, that's why we're in business together offline. So um, if you want to find out more information, like if you're a project creator or currently planning a crowdfunding campaign, you should head over to Facebook and join our free private group. It's Crowdfunding Domination. Um, it is the only non-spam group, so please do not go in there without... Um, like expecting to learn something because that's what we're there for. And also if you want some freebies and to follow along with the podcast, go to crowdfundinguncut.com and subscribe and you will never miss another episode. Until next time. Thanks a lot, guys.
Are you launching a product on either Kickstarter or Shopify and you're feeling completely overwhelmed with the process? Hi there, my name is Kirsten, the CEO of Launch and Scale. To date, we've helped several online sellers sell millions of dollars online and scale their business from zero to seven figures by focusing on building an audience of fans that will actually convert into paying customers. If you're serious about building a seven-figure e-commerce brand with less time and less risk, you should check out our product launch pad. PLP is a proven accelerator that takes you step-by-step -step through the process of launching and scaling your product brand. Brands like The Monk Manual, Aberlite, Series Chill, Jamstack, and several others were all launched using our product launch pad. So if you'd like to be our next success story, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more. And for a limited time, we're offering a seven-day trial of the product launch pad for only $1. Again, go to launchandscale.co slash PLP to learn more.